Nicholas Bear. been a time I have to thank my friends for really pushing me to restart my podcast because I'll just say I fell into imposter syndrome. I did and I started thinking, you know, what do I have to say? Why does anyone want to hear what I have to say? What is my voice? Etc. etc. You know the drill. You know how the shadow side goes. So I'm back. Uh, so thank you to my friends who mandated that I restart the podcast and really cemented my belief that I have a voice and a unique voice, a good perspective, and something that people need to hear. So I'm going to jump right in, check in. Um, wow, uh, I try not to get too deep into my personal life here, just my thoughts on things, but uh, my father passed and... Um, the world is collapsing, and, you know, my father passed at the end of the semester, I am in academia, and, you know, when when tragedy like that strikes, I'm a Capricorn, so I'm really good at laser focusing, so I got everything done, honey. Child, I'm good at lists, I get things accomplished, so all the classes were taught, all the grading was done, all of the stupid emails were answered, all of the meetings were attended. All of the end of year planning and blah, 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 blah was finished. All I's dotted, all T's crossed, done, accomplished, finished. And yes, I know turkeys are done, people are finished. Thank you, Miss Price, fifth grade, Watson Elementary. I've just been sort of clinging to routine. and Then the onslaught of holidays came and I was purchasing all the food all the plans and buying all the things and taking care of the other relatives coming into town and taking care of the extended relatives and setting up flights and calling for cars and vacuuming the house and emptying the all of the 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 minutia of the details because the devil is in the details that have to be done right um I've said it before on this podcast, but one of the stories in the Bible that really, really sticks in my craw is the story of the two sisters, right? There's the sister that's preparing the meal and doing all of the work, and there's the sister that's sitting at Jesus' feet, and Jesus chides the working sister, who says to her sister, can you help me? I've got these, you know, nine, ten men sitting in here that I'm cooking for, and you're just sitting on the floor, like, get off of your butt and help me. And Jesus really basically chastises her and says, your sister has chosen the better part because she's sitting at the feet of Jesus instead of you, you know, quote unquote, wasting your time, what, preparing our meal, what, making things nice. Like someone has to do that. Someone has to get the food there. Someone has to empty the garbage. Someone has to mop the floor. Someone has to make things nice, right? So I've always had a beef with, uh, with Jesus over that when I meet him years in the future, hopefully, um, no time soon, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a talk with him and be like, hey, that was not cool. Like, you ate the food. Like Judge Judy said, you ate the steak, bub. Well, she made the steak. So let's not chastise the, the person making the steak. But anyway, so I've been busy. And when you are in grief, 
for me as a Catholic boy, it's good to be busy. Not because it's making me avoid it, honey. I'm feeling the grief. But I need to be occupied. Right? I can't be idle. Um, I just can't. I'm a Capricorn. I can't be idle. So that that's in general anyway. But um, that's why I'm personally. And I'm slowly transitioning. And I'm trying to be present in the transition. And really just notice everything. And take it all in. And slow down. Which is funny because my birthday is coming up. And then the new semester is starting. The thing that is so upsetting about the Wendell Pierce incident and um, you can't really decipher in the video. There's a video posted by Tony Award winning Broadway icon Stephanie Mills who played the original Dorothy in The Wiz. This patron is standing up screaming in the front row. Talk about privilege. They're entitled screaming something to Wendell about. I saw you on TV, the audience is booing this this person, and Wendell Pierce, the actor, breaks the fourth wall and says, look, I'll give you your money back. I'll give you your money back. And the thing that got me was, and it's immediately what I saw, Blue Check Theater Twitter saying the same thing. I was looking at the posts, the comments under the video, was where is management? Why is this black man having to defend himself on stage? Where are the ushers who are paid to be there, by the way? on Broadway where's the management to escort this person out what is happening Um, it's the disrespect and even Wendell said I've worked too long and too hard to get here for this you know it's been 70 years this play has been around for 70 years it's the first time a black man has played this role on Broadway it's ridiculous And I'm eating some ASMR or whatever. It's absurd. <laughs> and it's so disheartening because you work so hard to get to where the establishment, the system, whatever it says you're supposed to be. And then you're still undercut and you're still undermined. And someone has to ruin it for you as a person of color. It's just like, God, bless us, everyone. We cannot win. Even we're starring on the marquee, we cannot win. So it was very disheartening to see that video. I hate it. It upsets me so much it hurt me because he's an icon of mine. He's a mentor in my head. He's someone I've looked up to for a long time. And for him to get to where he is and to have that kind of disrespect, it's just maddening. It's frustrating. But I think it also speaks to some other things happening in society. What the pandemic has done is completely ruined people's sense of decorum. Not that, I mean, hey, January 6th showed that decorum is out the window for a lot of folk. Um, But I've just noticed, and I'm sure you've noticed it too, like everywhere people are just angry and mad. And because people were shut in during the early pandemic and... People have lost the skill of knowing how to be with other people in public. And so we're going to have to relearn how to do that. But especially in the theater, all theater decorum is gone because people are used to being at home and binging hours of something at home. Well, honey, when you're in the theater, you're not at home. 
you're sitting with other people and you need to sit down and shut up. Unless it is a participatory play, theater is not a, um, a democracy. <laughs> this, this, is, this is a dictatorship and the actors are in charge. So, you know, yes, there's call and response in certain plays, but you're not getting up and becoming part of the show. Not in a Broadway house anyway. It can't function that way. So, any kind of encouragement for people to pretend like they're at home and like they're watching television is a disgrace to theater. It is... um, uh, a disturbance. It is a way to dismantle theater as it is. And as much as the system of white supremacy and heteropatriarchy needs to be dismantled, the kind of traditional play that most plays are does not need to be disrupted by an unruly theater member who thinks they know better or thinks they can do better or thinks they know more. Stay in your seat, sir, ma'am, non-binary pre- people. Stay in your seat and have your say after the play. Go tweet your head off when you're not in the theater. Go write a blog post, record a podcast, do whatever you want to do. But don't do it during the show. And keep your behind in the seat. Unless you are directed by the audience, actors on stage to do something. Stay seated. Thank you. One of the other things that bothers me about the whole Wendell Pierce situation um, is several factors. One of the factors is um, I've never liked the fact that theaters have bars. I think it's always been a pretty dicey combination to liquor up people at intermission. I can't remember now. I've seen it twice. I can't remember if Death of a Salesman has an intermission or not, and I don't know this production well, so I don't know if they've changed it if it does or not, but just the fact that we introduce alcohol to a situation, people are gonna get interesting, right? People become happy drunks, people become angry drunks. Either one can get belligerent pretty quickly. Um, people are saying that the person who disrupted Wendell Pierce and Death of a Salesman was a sister. We can only see the back of their head. I can't discern gender from the voice. We should caution ourselves from doing that anyway, right? Um, it's pretty gender troubling to try to say someone is a man or a woman based on their voice, right? Um... You can kind of see their hand because they're so close to the stage that they're gesticulating wildly and their hand is in Wendell Pierce's spotlight. That hit me very hard, but I'm like, they're so close to the stage, they put their right hand up and their hand's in the spotlight. Um, And it looks like a brown hand, so I want to say it's a black person, which is also even more disturbing, right? That person knows how hard we have to work to get anywhere. And Wendell Pierce is proof, you know, 
he's had to have a 50-year career in the theater and television and film to get this role of Willie Loman in Death of a Salesman. That speaks for itself, right? It shouldn't have been 70 years before a black man plays this classic role of the American salesman, right? It's insane. But for him to be impeded in telling that story by a fellow black person is just insult to injury. And it, it, it comments on so much of what's happening in society right now with people being addicted to screens. And I posted this to Instagram. People are so used to the fact now that, you know, they could watch Tom Cruise in Top Gun Maverick in their crotch on their phone while they're in the, on the toilet, in the bathroom, right? Like Taylor Swift can come to them from their bed while they're laying down. And it has really has desensitized people, and they're alone as well. So it's desensitized people to how to be in community, what theater decorum is, and I'm sorry, Dominique Morisot, I don't agree. You shouldn't be able to yell and scream and talk out in the theater. That's not what this game is. Um, it, it's just not, you know, do that in the talk back, you know, high five people after the show, you know, laughter, applause in the right place, an amen here or there where it's warranted is fine. But this kind of stuff, disrupting a show and standing up and acting out, that's inappropriate. And what bothered me was how long it was going on. I'm thinking, where is the theater management? Where's the house manager? Where are the police? What is this? And really, I thought this because if this person stood up and had a gun and had shot Wendell Pierce, God forbid, and started shooting the audience, would it have taken that long for a cop to come in as well? Like, where is management? Especially in these times, everyone needs to be on high alert. At any moment, somebody can stand up and start shooting anywhere, especially since did New York pass that um, concealed carry law? So literally anybody could be packing. So it, it just it took too long for management to intervene for the actor to be on there, up, for Wendell to be up there on stage by himself defending himself is so typical of America. Um, I'm mad at the union. I'm mad at actors' equity. I even thought the stage manager should have run on stage and shut it down. Like, what is happening? Where is the protection? It's the disrespect, you know? And I have one of the audience to, like, I wanted 10 men from the audience or whoever this gender this person is. If it was a woman, I needed five women to escort her out. If it was a man, I needed five men to escort them out. I'm just trying to imagine what would have happened if someone had stood up during Music Man and started cursing Hugh Jackman out. I think they would have been, I think they would have been evaporated. I think they would have disintegrated into dust. They would have been snatched so quickly from that theater. And I have so many more thoughts on it about society, but that's kind of all I can do right now because I'm just so upset by that. And it's just such a disrespectful moment for this wonderful black actor who has worked so hard and has deserved to be there for years, for years. And to have his moment snatched by another black person, it's just... And again, I can't see their face altogether, but just by anybody, it's disgusting. But to be one of our own, 
It just makes me think of that quote, all skin folk ain't kin folk, and I think it's attributed to Zora Neale Hurston, um, the brilliant anthropologist and author. And ain't it the truth? Ain't it the truth? Sometimes, as the colloquialism goes, it really do be your own. My children, my children, uh, there is something we got to talk about, and I'm going to make it brief, but beyond point. Um, there is a white gentleman by the name of William Judy, who was in the middle of committing crimes, and uh, this is in Louisville, Kentucky, and he broke the finger of a cop who was called to the scene. He was in the middle of an altercation with somebody, a cop arrived on the scene, he broke the cop's finger in a physical tussle to the ground. Uh, He then got away from the cop, got into a car, and tried to run the cop over with said car. Gun was never pulled, no bullets shot. He was apprehended without a single shot fired. Isn't that interesting? And we see this over and over again. Happened with the Colorado movie theater shooter who actually murdered people. Um, Happened with... Uh, many, many, many different shooters. Whenever the cops usually come in contact with a white man, shooting people, murdering people, happen to Dylan Roof, uh, the white man ends up alive. And, uh, you know, Tamir Rice, who was an 11-year-old child, is sitting on a swing set with a BB gun or an air rifle or whatever it was, and the cops jump out of the car shooting. Tamir Rice was not shooting anybody. Tamir Rice was not in an altercation with anybody. Tamir Rice was sitting on a swing set with a toy. And the cops, literally, you can see it in the video, leapt out of the car shooting. Meanwhile, William Judy, a white, blonde-haired man, can be physically assaulting police... And the thought is never, let me get my gun, because they obviously they're afraid, right? The reason they shoot us, black people, is they're afraid. They use that word all the time. I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. So when a white man is physically assaulting you and breaking your finger, you're not afraid. When a white man is hurtling towards you with a car to run you over, you're not afraid. Interesting. So they literally are reacting to blackness. White cops are afraid of blackness. Food for thought. So the other thing that's been happening recently, there's this viral video of a very cute actor who we all enjoy, Ron Livingston. You may remember him from Office Space. He's a middle-aged white guy now, um, probably actually in his or late 50s, early 60s now, black hair, average height, brown eyes. He played Lily Taylor's husband in The Conjuring. We all know him as Burger and hate him because he broke up with Carrie on a post-it note. There's a viral video that's some kind of, I don't know if it's a PSA or just a short or what it is, um, where he goes to a coffee shop and he imitates this white girl who's trying to sell him Who's making his coffee? He goes, why do you talk like that? Making fun of vocal fry. And I thought that is so interesting. Um, because he's a, you know, cis, attractive, cishet white male. And he's 
criticizing this woman who's making, what, $5 an hour? White woman who's making his coffee and he's policing her voice. Now, before you roll your eyes, let, let's dig into this. First of all, let's not pretend that women don't speak in a way that men find attractive. Britney Spears would never sing like she does if it wasn't um, popular with men, right? Women live, they don't live in a vacuum and how you speak is created by your socialization, right? So women speak in a way that society approves of and rewards them for. So this girl, this young lady who's working at Starbucks is talking in a way that that social environment has created for her and that people expect her to talk like in this store. It's called code switching, idiot. Speaking to the Ron Livingston character, you know, like everyone does it, first of all. Number one. Number two... Why do you care? All you need to care about is if she's going to make your double latte, itchy gitchy yaga gaga frothy whatever fast and correct. That's all you need to know. Why do you why why must white men have to police everybody including our voices now? Really? Like he's so mad about it and pretty much read to the riot act until thank god another white woman in the back says like i just want my coffee can you hurry up like you're holding up the line to criticize this woman at work who's making your coffee making fun of her voice and it i thought it said so much even though it's a skit or you know a short supposed to be a comedy short that's aren't these girls funny and aren't they fake that's what the implication is it, that it's fake you're putting on this fake voice. And I think he says it. It's not your real voice. Honey, go have a seat. Get your coffee and have a seat. And again, why do you care? Why is it your job to police how people talk? Who cares what she wants to sound like? I think I said on Instagram, I don't care if she wants to sound like Gargamel as long as my cappuccino is right and hot and fast. That's what you need to be concerned about. Not what her voice sounds like. It's this incessant need for white men to police everybody not only our bodies but even what we talk like what we sound like i guess he's going to critique our hair next week and guess what i think it's in the same clip or maybe another clip or maybe it's another actor it's another white guy where he makes fun of the he asks for a large and she says a venti or whatever maybe it's in the same clip and he keeps calling it a large and my response to that is Okay, so do you go to McDonald's and order a Whopper and call the Big Mac a Whopper? No, that's it's called a Big Mac at McDonald's, and the Big Sandwich is called a Whopper at Burger King. You don't go to Burger King and ask for uh, uh, a Big Mac either, right? The store has a menu, and they call different things different things in different places. Every burger has a different name at every restaurant, and you know what it's called at that restaurant. So why are you going into... Burger King and calling the sandwich a Big Mac. That's basically what he's trying to do. And he's mad because the large is called a venti at Starbucks. Well, girl, don't go to Starbucks. Go to your gas station where it's a large cup, okay? Just dismiss me with all that. Policing the names of things and, you know, these are the same people who don't want to use your correct gender pronouns because they can't understand it, but they don't want to do it. They just want to call you whatever they want to call you. Call things what they're supposed to be called. 
And if somebody tells you that this is called a venti here, then it's called a venti here, sir. If somebody tells you their pronouns is they, them, their pronouns are they, them. If somebody talks that way, that's how they talk. It's none of your business. Get your damn coffee, leave, and have a nice day. The Great Flood has spoken.